0: What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to this February 23rd edition of Sweater Weather, as Chicago Blackhawks podcast. My name is Luke, and I'm joined once again, as always, by Abe. How you doing, Abe?
1: Good. Stuffed on chili and jalapeno Doritos.
0: <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I, I didn't want you eating that bag of chips while we were recording. Um, uh, I give up on Neo. I'm, what? I was, yeah, I'm still stuck on the uh, the vampire chick, and I was like, "This isn't fun anymore." Oh my I'm, god, I'm a quitter. <laughs> have
1: you tried getting good?
0: <laughs> no. No. Uh, there's a lot of grinding involved in that. I I didn't have patience for that. So instead, I'm playing uh, the Bioshock Collection.
1: Oh god, <clears throat> that's the last time I buy you a Christmas present. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I'll I'll. I'll probably do exactly what I did with uh, Bloodborne and all of the Souls games and I'll go back to it like in a year and I'll do a little bit better but not finish it and then I'll go back to it in another year and I'll do a little bit better than the time before that and I'll not finish it and then maybe one day I'll finish one of those games but uh, I'm not a patient man I'm also not particularly good at those type of video games
1: me neither, but I learned.
0: <laughs> well, I don't learn. I'm very stubborn. <laughs> Alright, so uh let's recap some some recent games that the Hawks have played uh since the last time we recorded. On Saturday they lost five to two to uh Columbus. That's unfortunate. Uh, on, I think it was Monday, they beat Ottawa 8-7, to which I think is tied for the highest scoring game this season or something like that. No, it um, was
1: Tuesday because I did not go to the gym that day and I watched the game.
0: Okay, well, yeah. So, uh, 8-7, to uh, two shitty teams playing like shit, but scoring a lot of goals. So that was fun to watch.
1: That was entertaining as hell.
0: <clears throat> scored a hat trick that game. Uh, Adam and Aaron were at that game. Adam lost his hat. Um, Wednesday no it had to be Monday it had they, been Monday then yeah, yeah, right. yeah Wednesday they beat Detroit 5-4 to four. I had a watch party at the office uh, after hours with my boss yeah. who's a Red Wings fan uh, they won that one in overtime which is pretty cool uh, got to watch a close game it's you know it, when, when you got fans from both teams there it's, uh, it's not as fun when it's a blowout uh, so that was fun
1: I mean if, <clears throat> weren't we up
0: we were four up 4-1 to one four at to one? one point. Yeah, it was, yeah the, the defense is ass. Um, but it was still fun. Uh, and then last night, uh, Friday, we lost 5-3 to three to Colorado. That one was disappointing. Uh, that's a big game. We, uh, Colorado's another team that's in the race for the wild card, and uh, we really needed to, to gain some ground on them. Uh, it's unfortunate that we lost that one. Uh, and that one hurt to to see because we actually played better in that game than we have in probably the last couple of months. Uh, especially, like, even defensively. <clears throat> um, there was that, that really bad turnover by Slater Cuckoo late to uh, really seal the deal there. I forget, was that the, the fourth or the fifth goal? <clears throat> for... uh, that was the fourth goal
1: because the fifth one was the empty nighter. Yeah. On the power play. That was a shorthanded power play.
0: Okay, so that was the breakaway... When uh, Colorado went up four to three.
1: Yeah, I believe so.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, and then and then the empty netter uh, made it five to three, and it was you know there was no coming back from that. <clears throat> so that's unfortunate. Um, yeah, it was a
1: fairly good game
0: overall. Yeah, it was it was fun. It was entertaining. Um, Kane kept the streak alive just barely. <laughs> yep, Kane kept the streak alive. That was good. Uh, moving on, the Blackhawks earlier this week made a uh, a minor trade with uh, the New York Rangers. They traded defenseman Darren Radish uh, in exchange for forward Peter Holland. Holland uh, reported to Rockford. He had two points in his debut. Uh, he's an unrestricted free agent after this season. Uh, for the Hawks, this move is pretty much just to free up... A, uh, a defensive spot in the organization um, especially on the I think he's yeah he's uh, he's right-handed uh, yeah Radish is a right-handed defenseman and the Hawks have a lot of those guys coming in so uh, it's important to make room in the pipeline for some of these high-end prospects that we're going to have coming in especially since most of those guys are right-handed
1: mm-hmm. bye Felicia <laughs> basically
0: yep Uh, I'm gonna do Numbers 3 and 4 at the same time Uh, Henry Yokiharyu has been recalled From Rockford on an emergency basis And number 4 Henry Yokiharyu has been assigned to Rockford
1: Yeah, he only had what 10 minutes of ice time Not even 10 minutes of ice time yesterday
0: Yeah, um Yeah, I think it was like 9 minutes Yeah, 9 something It was like Nothing. I don't really understand what they're doing with him right now, because you look at him play and you got to figure he's he's definitely within their top six best defenders, if not in the top three. Uh, Like maybe like Keith and Murphy are better, but uh, like there's there's no way that they're. I don't get it. The The only possible explanations that I could make, that I could come up with, are, like, one, he's in Colton's doghouse for some reason. Because Q trusted him enough to play in 20 minutes a night. Right. On the top pairing with Duncan Keith. And he seemed fine.
1: That's the most baffling thing.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, Q's the one who kind of has a reputation for, like, hating young players. Which, you know, isn't true. He hates bad players. And a lot of the time, young players are bad players. So, uh, And Q was...
1: A NHL defenseman too, so that's why I just don't get it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Um, uh, otherwise, like the, I think the official explanation was that like he looked like he was performing well on the surface, maybe, but he was actually sort of drowning behind the scenes. Hmm. I. I don't. I don't know. Everything they tell us about this situation doesn't really seem to add up. Maybe another possible explanation was that they're really worried about messing up his development. The way that they, the way that like Gustav Forsling's development was kind of messed up. Uh, I think maybe they forced him into the NHL too soon. Um, and then, be, but but like, between that and all of the injuries that he's gone through over the years, it's really not helped him. And now Forsling is, I think, like 24, and uh, he's, he, he kind of seems to be a, a known quantity. He, he seems to be largely a finished product. I don't know that he's going to be much better than he currently is. Um, so, I, I don't know. I feel like the most likely scenario is that they're, they're worried about screwing up uh, Yoki Haru's development. Unless you have another theory
1: no i mean <clears throat> that probably makes the most sense of anything but i don't see i that's probably all i can think of as well
0: and historically in the past 10 years the hawks haven't really developed any high end uh defensemen within their own system like uh you know they've acquired some guys but i think the last the last guy that they drafted and developed who became a high-end defenseman was Jomerson. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I think it's a little bit more of a, <clears throat> like, management realizing, like, oh, shit, Keith and Seabrook really hit walls at this point in their career, and they were not ready with some of the younger guys.
0: Yeah. Because
1: if you notice, we've been drafting a lot of defensemen.
0: Mhm. Yeah, and I remember after last year's draft, like Bowman kind of came out and he said like the plan was never specifically to draft defensemen. They, you know, they kind of had their list and once their once they got called up on the stage, it happened to be that uh the guys, you know, next on their list were both defensemen. Um both this year and last year. So I think I think their twenty-seven second round pick was Ian Mitchell. So, Yoki Haru, Mitchell, uh, Boquist, and Bodan were both, or they, all four of those guys were drafted within the first two rounds within the last two years. So, it's like they're, they're really doubling down on those, uh, those defensive, those high-end defensive prospects.
1: Yeah. I, just, I, I think what it kind of is that they didn't really anticipate that huge fall off with Keith and Seabrook. Mm-hmm. Especially Seabrook. Espe- not like, with now Keith showing those signs of slowing down. Yeah. I think they finally are like, oh shit, we need defensemen.
0: Yeah, they really do. Um, uh, the last article I have on here, I-, I don't know if you've read it, but Scott Powers recently put out a uh, an article about Marion Hosa.
1: Oh, yeah. I... Don't have. I'm not
0: subscribed, so I can't read it. <laughs> um, yeah. I remember
1: asking you about it, though.
0: Yeah, it was. It was really interesting. I'll have to. Uh, i have to let you read it or something if you got time. Um, so I, I mean, I, I encourage anyone here with listening who has an Athletic subscription to go read it, or if you don't have an Athletic subscription to sign up because it's. It really is uh, like the best uh, sports. Uh, journalism aggregate uh, around. And we're not sponsored by The Athletic or anything. That's like a genuine endorsement. Um, and uh, I didn't put a fucking time stamp in there for that.
1: <laughs> you did, actually. Oh. You just put it on the Caner one. Did I? Oh, crap. I, touched on. I yeah.
0: skipped the Cane one.
1: We'll, we'll get to that. First. Whatever. Uh,
0: but So, to summarize the Scott Powers article, um, I, I don't know if this was like I don't think that this was known information uh prior to this, but uh host's skin condition was actually eczema. Um, which he he got because of uh the equipment that he was wearing. And he tried, you know, he tried everything you could think of. He tried switching brands, he tried uh he tried washing his gear with like different soap than everybody else in the locker room did. Um uh I think it was about six years ago that uh, he started experiencing the symptoms, and the symptoms got worse and worse with each passing season. Uh, and they would subside during the off season because he'd mostly spend his time in like the weight room. But then they would just come back each season. And uh, by that 16-17 season, the season that he last played with the Hawks, it got so bad that uh, Hosa actually... Uh, he had to go on this medication. I think it's called cyclosporin or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, it got so bad that uh, he would wake up in the morning and his sheets would just be covered in like blood and pus. And he'd scratch at the wounds and that would just make them like more itchy and he'd just scratch them more and they'd get more bloody and pussy. His wife had to hold his hand while he was sleeping to keep him from scratching them. They'd have to wash their sheets constantly. Uh
1: that's crazy.
0: And uh Hosa uh, if you recall the Hawks were like one of the favorites to win the cup that year. Um uh that was before they got swept by Nashville in the first round. Mm-hmm. Uh but they were they were expecting to go on a long postseason run, so HOSA stocked up on a bunch of that cyclosporin uh like enough for you know several months. And after game four, he came home to his house, and there were just boxes of the stuff sitting in his house, so he and his wife kind of made this, uh, 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 they, they made the, uh, the gesture of just, like, throwing it all out, and they, uh, they went to, he, he met with Stan and uh, Q, and he basically told them that he doesn't think that he can, he can play anymore. Uh, it's 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 pretty sad. It's a really sad article, um, but fortunately, he doesn't seem to miss hockey as much as he thought that he would. Uh, he gets to spend a lot of time with his wife and his daughter. Yeah, so. I
1: mean that's not a bad <clears throat> bad way to spend the the end of your career. So
0: yeah, um, so yeah, I, I highly recommend that everybody read that one. It's a great article. Uh, I also do want to talk about, uh, Patrick Kane's streak. It's currently at 20 games. Um, still going. Uh, his, uh, well, y- you wrote this stuff, why not you put it? Okay, there? so, I just,
1: just one, like, little mini discussion thing that, like, talking about this. I figured, um, like, comparing his 20-game streak, which is cur- the active one, versus his 26-game streak... In the 15-16 season Which one do you find More impressive? The 26 game point streak In which The 40 points 16 goals 24 assists Or Right now It's 20 game streak 43 points 17 goals 26 assists
0: Um So right off the bat I see that he already Has more goals In his 20 game streak Than he did In his 26 game streak Uh Which is pretty impressive uh, for a guy who, you know, is typically, you know, he can score goals, but he's more of a playmaker. Mm -hmm. Um, But in addition to that, I would say that I'm more impressed by his current streak because the last time around, he had Panarin on his wing. He, and, you know, Panarin's an elite scorer, and uh, now, like this season, Kane's kind of had a rotating cast of characters around him, Um, and... I mean, it's more, it's been more stable as of late. Like, in the last two months or so, he's mostly been with... Uh, uh, Taves and Kajula, I think it was. Yeah, it, Taves, and then it's been like Kajula and I think Cahoon at one point. Um, so, like, during the streak, his, his line was pretty consistent. Uh, actually, I think just the MVP caliber season that he's having is... Uh, it really says a lot... Uh, you, you know, even though, like, he's having the season, even though he does have this re- uh, revolving door of players that he has to uh, be on a line with, I think it really says a lot about his capabilities as a player. Uh, but to answer your question, I'm going to say that this one is probably more impressive. Yeah. Given that he doesn't have Panarin on his other wing.
1: Right. And then the other thing, too, that I feel like this streak is more impressive than the 26 games is the fact that during that 26 game, there was, I think, two or three games that the streak was essentially saved by empty netters and garbage time. True. Um, and I
0: these th- were already when
1: they were past the 20-game streak as well, so, I mean...
0: Mm-hmm. I think uh, a big saving grace for this current streak is the fact that the power play has been so hot. Because, um, uh, like, having Eric Gustafson and uh, Alex DeBrinket on the uh, the... PP1 unit with him. I think that helps a lot because those two are just so offensively dynamic. Yep. <clears throat> so
1: Next, um the Break it scored last night too on power play, right?
0: Did he? I I don't know. The the power play goals are coming so quickly that I, I can't even keep track of them anymore. Um but yeah, so it's, it's really cool what, uh, what Kaner's been able to do this season. Uh, hopefully he can best his 26-game point streak. Uh, he actually currently owns the two longest point streaks by an American player. I think uh, Eddie Olchak owns one other one, and uh, I think Eddie Olchak owns the fourth, and uh, Phil Kessel owns the third.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Kane that owns the two, because Kessel's, I think, was eighteen. Mm-hmm. Or Olczyk was 18, and Kessel's, I think, was just one more beyond that, or something
0: like that. Yeah, something like that. But yeah. So it's really cool what Kane has been able to do, uh, and hopefully he keeps it up. Hopefully he uh, he keeps. Hopefully he keeps doing this for a couple seasons to come. I'm glad to see that he's not slowing down yet.
1: Yeah, especially like last year, it seemed like he, like point wise, it seemed like he regressed a bit, but. This season, he's. I think he's playing better than he did. Definitely. His heart season.
0: Mm-hmm. I think so. Um, but I don't know that. I, I think there's if the Hawks make the playoffs. I think there's definitely. I think that there is a very good reason for him to be in the heart conversation.
1: Oh, he has to be a fight if the Hawks make the playoffs. He has to be a finalist, if not mm-hmm. even the front runner for winning it.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I think he should definitely be a finalist if they make the playoffs. Because,
1: um, I mean, Kuz, but is I, it Kuznetsov, the, the point leader right now? Kucherov. Or Kucherov, there we go.
0: Yeah, I, I don't. Kucherov's been playing out of his mind. I don't know that. Uh, I don't know that Kaner could beat Kucherov in this season with the amount of votes. Uh, that Kucherov would probably get. I mean,
1: Tampa is killing it regardless, so...
0: Right. You could probably make you the argument... Pro-
1: yeah, you can probably make that argument that Kane is, Kane's is performance this season is more impressive because he is helping keep the Hawks afloat mm-hmm. in that discussion for... or in that playoff race.
0: Right. And I would make that discussion, but... Uh, or, excuse me, I would make that argument... Myself, just like that, Kane is—he's behind Kucherov in points, but Kucherov is playing on a team with that is just so loaded and so deep. Uh, I do think that that makes Kane a more valuable player to his team, like in the literal definition of the term. I think that that makes Kane the most valuable player, Um, but you know how—you know how these like these individual player accolade voting situations tend to go it's not like it's not often it's 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 not often like the the literal definitions or it's not often the um uh, you know as as straightforward as it it might seem like uh for example the selkie the selkie is always forwards or, or excuse me, the, the Selkie is always centerman. Rarely does a winger get nominated for the Selkie. Uh how many years should Marion Hosa have been a Selkie finalist? But he like never was, because he's a winger. <clears throat> Just like as an example, uh I think that the the MVP award is almost always gonna go to the guy with the most points. the most points. Yeah. <clears throat> um so yeah, uh Kaner's great, Cotra's great. Uh, we're gonna take a short break here and come right back and we're back uh real quick. I just want to go through some um, some trade deadline transactions that happened in the last couple of days, none of which involve the hawks, so I'm not going to uh go too deep into that, but these are big they uh they could actually have uh some Some ramifications for the Blackhawks, uh, so first of all we 've got Charlie Coyle went from Minnesota to Boston. Um, if Minnesota's moving some big players like uh like coyle or they they recently moved uh, Niederreiter, uh that that 's definitely going to hurt them down the stretch. Um, it sounds like they're uh, they 're punting on the season, and that's going to hurt uh, that 's going to help us because it 's going to uh, increase our chances of uh, leapfrogging them in the race for the wild card spot. And, uh... So that's good for us. Um... I guess it's also good for Boston. <clears throat> yeah. Um... Carl Hagelin went from, uh... the LA Kings to the Washington Capitals. Uh... Nick Jensen went from Detroit to the Washington Capitals. And they immediately signed him to a four-year, $10 million extension. Uh... The biggest one so far has been Matt Duchesne. Matt Duchesne was traded from Ottawa to the Columbus Blue Jackets. And while we all knew that Duchesne was probably going to get moved, this I think actually has ramifications for Columbus because it tells us that uh, if Columbus is willing to go after a rental, then it means that they're probably not going to be sellers at the trade deadline. Uh, In fact, they're almost certainly not going to be sellers at the trade deadline. Uh, which means that they're probably going to keep Panarin and Bobrovsky, uh, and try to make a run in the playoffs with those guys. Um, which answers the question that people have been asking ever since Bob and Panarin said that, uh, you know, ever since it it kind of went up in the air as to whether or not Bob and Panarin would re-sign with the team after this season, that, uh, uh, you know what was Yarmolke Kalinin going to do at the trade deadline? Uh, so now we probably know. <clears throat> sounds like a cap or bust for the mm-hmm. Blue Jackets. Yeah. Uh, so they're. It sounds like they're going to try to treat Bob and Panarin as own rentals. Uh, and I guess I could see. I could see a situation where they immediately re-sign Duchesne to an extension. And then maybe they sell off Bob and Panarin in the next couple of days. And then it becomes, like, they're sellers at the trade deadline. And they've kind of replaced Panarin with Duchesne. And it becomes like a hockey trade sort of situation.
1: Yeah. That's I, possible, too.
0: I could I could see that happening. But it probably looks like they're they're going to go for it.
1: Yeah, and there was um it was already reported, I don't remember if they already pl- played or not, but that Duchesne would be on the same line with um Panarin and Atkinson, I think it was.
0: That sounds like a dangerous line.
1: Yeah. Spooky.
0: Yeah. I wonder how like after a couple months or like after the rest of the season has played out, I wonder how that line is gonna stack up to some big lines in the league, like the uh the McKinnon Rantanen, uh, Landeskog line, or the, uh, uh, Arvidsson-Johansen, um, Forsberg line, or the, uh, the bergeron pasternik Marchand line.
1: <clears throat>
0: we'll see. Uh, and then the last trade deadline thing I have here, it's actually more of a rumor, um, Pierre Lebrun's been talking about, uh, Wayne Simmons on Twitter for a little while, I guess he's having uh, a lot of offers come through uh, to Philly. But Philly thinks that they're still maybe kind of in the mix. They're sort of in the hunt. So maybe Wayne Simmons isn't going to go anywhere. <clears throat> All right. But um, he could be on the move soon.
1: I'm going to look at something real quick. He is 30.
0: Simmons? Yes. Is he really
1: that old? Yeah, he's 30.
0: Man, I thought he was 22 for the past, like, six seasons. <laughs> How's he doing this season um
1: he has twenty seven points and sixty one games played well, wow. sixteen goals and eleven assists that's not mind blowing no, I mean his career high is sixty, which was in the fifteen sixteen season
0: so though that'd be good for a a contender as a rental just to like, like fill like out your six. yeah fill out your like your third line or something yeah. I mean, that's still a decent, like, a a decent scorer. Put him on a line with a couple of other talented guys, and maybe you can get even more production out of him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, so that's it for, uh, like, actual trade deadline transactions. I do have uh, a couple of rumors that I wanted to share. Uh, Most of these come from Scott Powers. Uh, He just put out uh, an athletic article today, Detailing some things that he's been hearing about the Blackhawks and what they're going to do leading up to the trade deadline here. Uh, Don't get too excited. Most of these are actually not that interesting. Um, So first off, the Hawks are turning away offers for Eric Gustafson. It sounds like they want to keep Gustafson around for a while which makes sense because Gustafson has been a huge part of the resurgence of the power play. Um, and we don't necessarily know that Adam Boquist is going to come in and fill that same power play quarterback role that uh, Eric Gustafson is playing right now. I mean, he could, like, in theory. He's very, a very offensive-minded defenseman, but you know, who knows when he's actually going to make it to the NHL. Meanwhile, we've got Gustafson right now, for like 1.2 million dollars a season, which uh, for another year, and he's probably going to get a raise after that. So, um, if the Hawks plan on being competitive next season, then it's it's going to be uh, a good idea to keep Gustafson around, um, ideally in maybe like a third pairing role, but like sort of as a power play specialist.
1: <clears throat> yeah, no, Gustafson. I feel like he's. A vital piece he's got to stay mm-hmm. especially with the resurgence of the power play like i i mean if he can improve his defense <coughs> he'd be like the perfect offensive d-man yeah another and, um what's his face oh god why am i brent burns eric
0: Comberson. oh yeah, yeah good old what's his face um yeah, uh, the good thing about that, though, is that defense defense is teachable. Um, offense is, uh, it's teachable to a degree, but a lot of it is, you know, it's natural. You kind of got to just have it. Yep. And Gustafson has it. So if we can teach him better defense, then, uh, you know, he could be a, a long-term, like, big player for us. Or just make him a forward. <laughs> yeah, or just make him a forward. <laughs> a big forward. Uh, Let's see. Okay, so we also have um, Duncan Keith, Brent Seabrook, Artem Onisimov, Marcus Kruger, and Chris Kunitz have no interest in being dealt at the trade deadline. All of these guys have uh, some form of no-movement clause or no-trade clause, um, whether it's, you know, full or modified.
1: Yeah, if I remember correctly, um, Anisimov has a list of, like, ten—or was— Anisimov like has ten. a
0: list of 10 teams that he can be traded to. Yeah, and Kruger has, like,
1: 7 teams that he can't be traded to. Yep.
0: Uh, which is... Weird. <laughs> I mean, you know, theoretically, we could still trade Anisimov and Kruger, uh, you know, without their consent, as long as it meets the uh, the criteria of the list that they give. But uh, we'll see if that actually plays out. Anisimov, I think... I could see Kruger getting traded. Both because he's got, like... 24 teams that he can go to um, but also because Artem Anisimov uh, after July 1st his modified no movement clause is going to turn into nothing it's going to vanish uh, and uh, he's uh, he's also going to become more appealing because uh, on July 1st he's going to be owed a 2 million dollar uh, signing bonus for the Hawks and okay in the two years remaining on his contract he's going to be paid a total of $5 million with a $4.55 million cap hit per Mm. season which means that uh, he could possibly be appealing to a team that's looking to meet the cap floor because uh, his cap hit is going to be twice what his actual salary is Uh, add in the fact that you know, he's actually a really solid centerman. Um, on... I mean,
1: not just centerman, two-way player.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's he's solid. No, like, nothing about Anisimov is particularly extraordinary. Um, he's not really productive. He's not, like, a really defensive uh, powerhouse. He's not, like, he's not really great on the power play but he's, like, good at all those things. He's mm-hmm. his, his face-off percentage, I think, is, like, the mid-40s, which is the lower end of... which is, like, acceptable. Right. You know, it's not problematic. It's not Jonathan Taves is, like, 58%, uh, which is extraordinary. But it's, you know, on, on a decent team, he's the second-line center. Mm-hmm. Um, But on the Blackhawks, who already have Jonathan Taves and Dylan Strom... He is an expensive third-line center. Yeah,
1: yeah. The the only concerning thing about right now with Kruger is the fact that he got injured yesterday, and who knows what his timetable is going to be. As that might potentially, if the Hawks are looking to trade him, that's true. That
0: might be a that could be a deal breaker. Yeah. If it's like I uh, hurt my hand, it's I'll be back in a a week. Then yeah, no. it was like, a foot injury. Was it? Was it a foot injury? Yeah. Oh uh, well. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I, I think that's really going to hurt their chances of moving him. And then, you know, after Monday, they can't move him. So maybe Kruger doesn't go anywhere. Anyway, it, it doesn't seem like there's even a healthy... Even when Kruger's healthy, it doesn't sound like there's really a market for a, like a fourth-line center making $3 million a year. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's it's not likely that he gets moved. But I do stand by the idea that Artem will be a more attractive... Uh, trade ship after July 1st. Um so look to maybe see him as part of, you know, a hockey trade being made.
1: Hmm. That has me wondering, when is the um NHL draft? Oh, it's in June. Yeah, it's in June. Damn. <coughs> Let's say cause that would be a that could have been a decent trade package if you could bundle an Anisimov to trade. Maybe. But that signing bonus is after, so.
0: Yeah, I, I I see Anisimov as being like a like part of a hockey trade. I I could yeah. see maybe like Anisimov and Forsling in exchange for uh, I, I'm just throwing names out there, uh, Justin Falk and uh, some like fourth line forward. I don't know. Like assuming the Carolinas are are trade partner in that scenario. Yeah. Or Which, I mean even like an expiring contract too wouldn't be a bad idea. Trade Anisimov for an expiring contract? Yeah. For like just to free who's... up some cap space. Like like a bundle, like anisimov for sling or something like that. Uh so trade Anisimov after july first for a guy who's got one year left on his contract? Yeah. I mean, I guess that would make sense. Th- that would make sense in the uh in uh that makes sense because DeBrinket and strom are uh restricted free agents after next season, and those two are probably gonna make upwards of a combined fifteen million dollars mm. so you get you get artemanissimo's four and a half million off the books. Uh, But you also get another player on the roster for the remainder of next season. So, yeah, I could see that making sense. The Hawks are going to have to be really careful what they do. Uh, Like signing guys out of free agency this year. Because uh, if you don't have any cap space left, then you can't keep Strom or DeBrinket, Or you have to move, like... And you have
1: to sacrifice one
0: yeah or or you have to you have to move I don't like a, like Brandon Saad or Connor Murphy, one of these other guys who's more expendable but makes a lot of money yeah not not a lot. Murphy makes like four million dollars a year, but uh you know when when you've got you know a couple million in cap space and you really need to clear up that fifteen million for Strowman to bring it then mm-hmm. you know yeah everything are
1: saying. It- the Hawks potential they'll have around fifteen million this mm-hmm. offseason. So yeah, you have gotta see how they spend this offseason. And that's to be assuming ready
0: for next offseason. And that's assuming that they don't uh that's assuming that they don't trade uh say like a, a like a Saad or an Anisimov or a Murphy, and that's assuming that they don't give a huge contract to that's assuming that they don't overpay one of their like pending RFAs, mm-hmm. but yeah. So we're we're definitely gonna have cap space this summer, and we'll see how that plays out. Uh, another thing I have here: the Blackhawks are actively shopping John Hayden to other teams. Um, I think that there's some value there. He's he's maybe the the only guy that I could see getting moved at the trade deadline. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think Hayden might just need a
1: change of scenery. Same like with this Schmaltz trade. Yeah. Like, Schmaltz started playing a lot better when he got traded to Arizona before he got injured. And then now you have Hayden. I mean, he's been okay. But definitely not playing up to his potential.
0: Yeah. Um... He he doesn't have. Stop it! God, the dog's being annoying. I'm sorry. Um, come here, come here, come here. Stay next to Lukey. Be quiet. Um, yeah, he hasn't been played very much. He doesn't have a lot of uh, minutes per night, so maybe another team would, you know, make better use of him. Mm-hmm. Um, I just noticed that uh, in. In Scott Powers' list here of guys with no movement clauses that don't want to be traded, Cam Ward is not amongst them. Yeah, I noticed that too. So maybe Ward is still a candidate to be moved. We talk, we talked about it last week, but like Colorado is a team who could you know benefit from better goaltending in the playoffs. Um, there was there's another team. I was just looking at their chart and I can't remember who it was. Uh, there's another team, Calgary. It's Calgary. Uh, They're getting really good goaltending out of... um, They're getting bad goaltending out of Mike Smith. But they're getting really good goaltending out of the other guy whose name I can't remember. So maybe we send Cam Ward to Calgary. Yeah, I
1: mean, that's not a bad idea. Like The only question at this point, though, is... I think trading Cam Ward will essentially
0: be the Hawks raising the white flag... On the season I guess I mean Crawford's coming back Like any day now
1: Right But again You don't know how he's gonna do Because He's coming back From his second concussion And The Delia train Has cooled off a bit So
0: Yeah
1: I don't know I mean I, I think if Cam Ward Gets traded I feel like it's because The Hawks are Possibly raising the white flag
0: I don't know if I'd call it raising the white flag, though, because you still have a chance, a pretty good chance, of making the playoffs, even without Cam Ward. If you're just riding uh, Delia and Crawford the rest of the way, I think you could still make the playoffs, which the Hawks want to do, but they know that no matter who their goaltender is, unless their goaltender is literally a brick wall, the size and shape of the opening of the goal, they're, they're not going very far in the playoffs. All right, start eating Luke <laughs> start eating <laughs> you know I want to know like- g- like genuinely is what if they what if some team just got a goaltender who is the size of a goal and they just like stuck him out of, out there and they're just like just put on pads and don't move just stay here, just be fat in this goal just that's your job <laughs> I mean like you know they have to give him a physical and stuff but if you if you're morbidly obese enough to cover the entire goal then you know, why not? Isn't that at the team's discretion if you can play or not?
1: Yeah, but I mean, I don't know if somebody that big can even stand up. You'd have to like forklift them.
0: <laughs> Let's say that laying down their belly is still big enough to cover the goal like vertically. I don't know, man. I think I think there's potential there. There there's there's talk that you know we're only a couple of years away from the first woman playing in the NHL. Maybe we'll have the first fat guy too. Or fat woman. Let's let's be really inclusive here. Come on now. Phil Kessel. <laughs> Phil Kessel. Once once he's no longer the uh uh once his scoring days are behind him, we'll just pump him full of hot dogs and we'll <laughs> we'll sign him to a 40-year extension. <laughs> Stick him in goal. Oh, man. That's a good one. Uh, oh, the cat sneezed. Bless you, Stanley. Name I named my cat after the Stanley Cup. I like hockey. Uh, and then the last item I have here, this is actually not from Scott Powers. This is from Jay Zawaski of 670 The Score, uh, who we're going to be hanging out with tomorrow at their... Uh, uh, at uh, the Wolves. At the Wolves event. Game. Okay. Um. Uh, so he says that uh, he's got a source who tells him that the Blackhawks would be willing, uh, under the right circumstances, to trade one of their high-end defensive prospects. Uh, one of the big four, you know, meaning Yoki Haru, Mitchell, Bodan, or Boquist. Um, and it, it doesn't sound, it sounds to me like he's referring to a situation where maybe the Hawks get, like, um, I I want to say that I mentioned this last week, uh, uh referring to a situation where the Hawks get like uh like a top four defenseman who is, you know, in his prime right now, who maybe has some term on his contract that can be a contributor right away mm-hmm. as opposed to say like you know, uh Mitchell or uh, Boquist who are like
1: still a few years away.
0: Yeah, like, who, you know, at the earliest are going to make their, their NHL debuts next season, and it's not like these guys in their rookie seasons are going to be really impactful players. They're, you know, they're there's still going to be some learning to do. It'll be a couple of seasons before they're... Y- you want to maximize Kane and Taves now while they're still in their primes.
1: Yeah, especially because they're approaching the twilight of their primes
0: yeah so you know in like maybe maybe Yoki Haryu and Boquist and Mitchell are all elite defenders in five years but you know Patrick Kane is only scoring oh my god stop but Patrick Kane is only scoring like 40 points a season only yeah, yeah. <laughs> some some players strived for 40 points a season but that's that's not you know franchise player numbers. So we we need to we need to maximize Kane and Tay's window while it's still open. Obviously it's too late to do that with Seabrook and maybe Keith, but that dog yeah. is such a pain in the ass. He wants the attention. But yeah, I would be I would be willing to part with like I I'd say keep Yoki Haru because he's already got he's already got half a season of NHL hockey under his belt and He's only going to be better next season. He'll probably play most of next season, you know, in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, next year or the year after that or whenever, you know, whenever our cup window reopens, you know, he can be an impactful guy. But if if Stan Bowman finds out that he can trade, like, if he can say move like Ian Mitchell and some other stuff to, uh, like, I don't know, like the Rangers or Vancouver or. Detroit or somebody for uh, a defenseman who's, you know, top four guy who's in their prime right now, then. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely be okay with that trade. Yeah. Especially because that would be a huge instant help for the team. Yeah. So that's all I got. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to try to do this podcast every week. Um, if you haven't already figured that out. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're trying. We're trying to stay regular. Uh, that's why we're eating our uh, our fiber. Um, you can tweet at us, at sweaterpod, ask us questions, uh, give us corrections, comments, concerns. Let us know what we can do better um, or worse, if that's what you want. Um, chaos. Some men want to watch the world burn. Uh, that's it. I'm Luke. This is Abe. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.